you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. The Around the NFL Podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast presented by New Era. My name is Dan Hensis, and I'm joined in a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Woo! You guys were talking a little SNL uh, before the show, and I know that (laughs) Mark's taking over here. Dan and Wes like to kind of like be the SNL guys. Wait, did you read like the AV article? Yeah, yeah, sorry, Dan and Greg. <laughs> and it's like, you know, listen, Wes and I, we jumped out when Nora Dunn jumped out. I feel like that's the last time that, you know, that <laughs> just, show held any relevance. We're just having Nora a shared interest, Dunn. killing some time. I left, you know. I left with Jan Hooks. Getting rid of How some of that nervous. You guys? Yeah, huh? give me a Ain't you dragons? We are experienced. We are what you would, in an HR world, you would call we are experienced. No, it's a good, that's a good reminder, Mark, because if there's any new listeners, and I hope there are some that are oh, joining us hope. for the 2018 hope. season. Welcome. We want to tell you that Mark and Wes are way older than Dan. And well, that is so utter nonsense. Like different generation. That By is a, utter nonsense. A different, like, decade. That <laughs> I mean, what? literally lucky What's to be that? alive. Who's that? We have a guest that wants to stop in. Oh, Okay, We're special delivery. Oh, look at this. Oh, Deeker. It's Deeker. Hi, everybody. Hey, Deke. Deeker from the other side of the office. What's going on here? This better be good. This is like a Pee Wee Playhouse scenario. Hold on here. So Deeker has showed up in Hi. the office in, in the podcast studio with a bag, almost like a gift bag. Yeah, just bag. like a little gift bag. You know, um, I have heard the recent podcast where you have brought up the infamous uh, Laura Dern. The dern Everybody loves. And Deeker yep. is Good friends with well, several I, celebrities, including not, <laughs> Laura Dern. That's not entirely true, <laughs> but I mean, I am, you know, yes, we're I definitely know her. Sons, so word has gotten back to Miss Laura Dern that 
you guys have mentioned her a few times about the Dernissance. Oh, yeah, we're all And in. her producing partner, who's mm. one of my best friends, her name is Jamie Lemons, she <laughs> wanted to give you guys a gift. Wow, Jamie, that was very such, nice. Wow. Um, uh, fans of Laura. Oh, look at this. Little feel, feel the turn. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, yeah. We are all in on Laura Dern more than ever now. Well, feel I mean, the turn. Wow. If you guys don't deserve those T-shirts, I don't know who. Wow, Deeker. Well, thank you. It's so good to be plugged in with Deeker. Hey, She's you have the person smaller? who knows how to get things. Yeah. This is <laughs> kind of big. What am I going to do with this? Um, it's like there's no one in my family that's going to fit into uh, this. Bedtime. Well, we'll take Tack that back then. Weight, we'll Tack give it to weight. another Dern fan. Um, I did mention. <laughs> A beefier Dern listen, fan. Listen, I did mention sizing. Uh, yeah. I said there was one gentleman that's slight. And <laughs> he's strong just, but silent. He's strong and silent and slight. Thank you, Miss Lemon. I mean, you, you did not allow me. Um, you know, a couple weeks ago to text Laura Dern on your phone. That is accurate. Now, I feel, you know, not this moment, but later on today or tomorrow, that would be appropriate for me to connect with her to say thank you um, for the group. Or maybe a conference call. not correct. Conference call? That is tremendous. All thank right, you. Enjoy. Thank you, Deeker. God, thank you, Deeker. Deeker. Deeker's like red from Shawshank. If you need to get something, <laughs> you go to Deeker. So many so famous exactly. friends, too. I mean, we've barely revealed I've been known to get things from time to time. That's <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's awesome. All right, so now we have new T-shirts. Got T-shirts, man. Uh, big show today. Big show, and we're already off to a flying start. Big show today because, as you probably know, this is the fourth annual Fantasy Extravaganza. Oh, yeah. And the reason why, like, why do you guys do a fantasy show? I'll tell you why we do a fantasy show every August. It's because the two men that, that, that put on the hard hats and built Roto World from nothing. Greg Rosenthal and Chris Wessling happen to be on this podcast. So we need to take advantage of their knowledge. Even if they're getting further away from their fantasy days, it's still in there. It's still in there. And also, Mark's here. Also, <laughs> with very little to say, maybe in fact in this episode, less to say than ever before. Mark, Mark was excited not to have to prepare just because he's expected to know so little for this show. It's, it's a nice uh, side benefit to this, this, uh, this episode. Um, so, yeah, very exciting. We're going to go through it. And also a very special guest. We've got a big fish uh, from our fantasy team. Marcus Grant will be joining us in a little bit to uh, um, share his thoughts. That's a man who is a current professional in the fantasy realm. So we have like kind of like a the old school, the new school. Ooh, and the, little tension. Yeah, Zeus's driving, driving the thing, the train, and then you know Mark's here. So. Right. You're the conductor. Yeah, <laughs> this won't get tiresome. <laughs> All right, so we got so much to get to. Let's do it. Uh, but before we get to the fantasy extravaganza, let's take a quick spin through the news. You know I'm blessed. With all these shoes, so I'm giving some shoes away. Come on, Corey, get some shoes at work. Stay off the ground. Yikes. Corey Coleman from uh, the most recent installment of Hard Knocks. Uh, that episode opens with Corey Coleman showing his extravagant shoe collection and then being demoted to second team, confronting his own head coach, and then promptly being traded for pennies on the dollar to the Bills. Uh, two episodes in, this is a fine season of hard knocks i think through two episodes it's my favorite season ever it's the, it's it's got a chance the first two episodes back to back because there's more real life situations that is to uh paraphrase one of my favorite i mean there's just there's real stuff one of your favorite you, don't rappers? Have to, you don't have to make it up <laughs> is this an episode of greg likes rap <laughs> no. yes who's the rapper 
it, it does feel like like the, the Rams won and, and to some degree the Bucks won too. I was it was starting to lose me a little bit because the Rams won especially the manufacture. Uh, Los Angeles-based uh, images and storylines that felt very obvious. You could feel them coming from a thousand yards away. With the, the last night's episode was all pure football. Uh, they didn't have to cook up any characters. Great yeah, characters. I've I've talked to the people behind the scenes at the show. If you want to read the recap, I have it up on NFL.com/slash/Hansis. They are essentially, you know, it comes down to luck a lot of it. They pick the team, but then they need things to break their way for a truly good season and I think the Browns and one of the reasons we've talked about the Browns coming up 0-16 or somehow a national team is because well it's partly because of 0-16 and how you react to that but also there's no shortage of juicy subplots around Kajuice! Kajuice! Love that guy Um, so uh, yeah Uh, let's get to the news we'll start with speaking of drama Jalen Ramsey uh, still suspended by the way Ice Cube aired his issues, and we'll get to Cube in a second, but he aired his uh, his issues with the Jacks- Jacksonville decision to suspend the cornerback. Uh, he is back in, on Monday, but while he's away, there's a GQ story that came out in which uh, Ramsey did not hold back in taking some shots at some prominent players across the league. Josh Allen, Bills rookie, called trash. Falcons quarterback Matt Ryan is overrated. Uh, also... Uh, had some positive things to say, including about his own quarterback, Blake Bortles, Greg. Uh, but uh, Jalen Ramsey don't care. He's just giving reporters across the country a, a layup for their job today. It's like every single quarterback, including Eli Manning, that he <laughs> spoke about. The local reporters in that town are now asking you know, them about what Jalen Ramsey said, said some headlines. I like it that J- you know Jalen Ramsey's just talking like, Every fan talks watching football, and so he's that's how he's he's speaking like a lot of reporters are speaking in the press room under their breath while watching. So, why not be honest? One thing I've learned over the years is that players and former players can give you a lot of insight into certain parts of the game, but that does not extend to them having some elevated notion of who's good and who's not good in the NFL. Like Jalen Ramsey is just like talking to the guy at the bar, like his opinions on these quarterbacks. Some are are dead on, and some of them are like, "All right, I'm I don't believe any of well, that." Well, like some like Matt Ryan, he hasn't played against, and he's just saying, "Well, that guy was terrible right. last year, and he wasn't terrible, and he wasn't terrible." But then others like Ben Roethlisberger, who he, who he has played and he thought was a little overrated, you know, because he limited it to the two games. His analysis extended to two games against the Jaguars. What's to be gained by shredding all these NFL guys? People talking about him. I think Jalen Ramsey likes people talking about him. Well, I, I mean, think just being an yeah. honest person, being yourself all the time, you know, not putting on a phony exterior, which is what we kill players for when you're talking to the media, just talking to them like any – like I think if you asked him Kirk Cousins' opinion, which was very positive, if anyone asked it, he's going to give him the same answer. And yeah, so but, yeah, but I don't know how you answer. come to the conclusion that Matt Ryan is not a successful That's quarterback. Just, you could praise him and say, oh, It's just a bad opinion, just like, like everyone has. You're praising him for being super honest, but then he's being, you know, frankly disrespectful to these guys that he doesn't even know. Like, call it Joe Flacco, he sucks. Like, all right, that's cool that you're speaking your it's mind, sports, but you're coming though. from an un- uneducated We're disrespectful place. to players all the time. Yeah, and but, we, I, and, well, and but Greg, when you write your quarterback them. index, you don't just like, hey, you know what? I'm not going to watch any games this season and just go <laughs> slash people left and right. There's research behind it. This guy you'd think would have the best perspective of anyone going up against these players and comes away with opinions that don't hold a lot of salt when you Ryan tell me Tannehill Matt Ryan's not a good quarterback. haven't heard good things. <laughs> 
He also, <laughs> I mean, he also asked who the quarterback was for the Dolphins. Right. Flacco, you know, I think if he's talking about the last couple of years since Ramsey's been in the league, that's an accurate assessment. And he has played against Joe Flacco. Uh, Matt Stafford, by the way, he's straight. Oh, which wait. I think he is. As far he's as married, know. he's got kids. Uh, yeah, he said so. he was – well, along those lines, the, the interesting part here is some of the reaction to it all. And yeah. Kelly Stafford, uh, Matthew's wife, has responded in an Instagram story and says, can someone please tell me why GQ is interviewing Jalen Ramsey? I understand ESPN, but not GQ. There's nothing GQ about him. Seems like a complete Ooh, waste like of that. time and space. Get the wow. butts and burner blowtorch Hello. out. I also hey. have an announcement to make Ooh. involving this story. Okay, let's hear it. The battle for the integrity of the word literally is over. Oof. It's been. I've been trying to fight it. It's it's over. The headline here, Jalen Ramsey has something to say about literally everyone. Well, not literally everyone. I mean, it's just not true, but that battle's over. Right. We, there we've are, lost. There are millions and That's millions fair. of people he did not weigh in on. That's right. right. Wes, he didn't say anything about me. An incredibly intelligent, well-read man. He's pointing out. Don't use words like that. Don't abuse them because then I mean, you strip them of their allure and meaning. Well, this is how <laughs> this is how language works. Like over a period of a couple hundred years, it changes, and this one just changed in a period of about six years. Literal's done. True. Right. I think Greg really contributed to this too. <laughs> what do you mean? He used no, to use literally. He does, he does wrong reference all you the time. as a as a, and I use it myself the, literally too the lab. often. We're down in the lab. I never on would this? do it in print. It would it, that would hurt me, but I don't really care. It's all right. It's over. I, hey, look. It I does forgive annoy you. me. It I forgive you. Me. Moving on. <laughs> uh, Seahawks first-round pick Rashad Penny underwent surgery Wednesday morning to repair a broken bone in his finger. This came from Rap Sheet. The surgery is expected to sideline the rookie running back three to four weeks. There's a chance he won't return before week one of the season. Uh, Penny's been battling Chris Carson for the Seahawks starting running back job. Uh, this, I mean... Honestly, Greg, this, or Mark, this is just like with the Seahawks, and this seems like something that's not going to derail his season, but they're just trying to get this running back room off the ground. It's been going on for years, and there just always seems to be something that comes up, and here's the latest obstacle. Thought about the Seahawks watching the first couple minutes of that Raiders game when Marshawn Lynch ripped off a massive run that was called back. He looks trimmer Look and great. quicker. Look great. I mean, you're right. The Seahawks, this is something, along with their offensive line, um, and their ground game, and the ground game was such a defining uh, aspect of this team when they used to pound people on offense. They were an, an absolute thrill to watch. You still have a bunch of guys there, but you don't have a clear lead guy. I think they're one of the most mysterious teams heading into the season because of the incredibly vast changes they've made in the course of five or six months. Chris Carson's got juice. I mean, he, I think he, he, he is, is the, the week, clear lead guy. He was the clear week one starter before this injury, and now C.J. Procise has a hip injury, so you're right. It just seems what? like a haunted position. I mean, every a first-round pick, a first-round running back. You feel like they got to feel like he's got to be a major contributor. Yeah. Sure. Uh, in other broken figure news, Devontae <laughs> Parker, the struggling Dolphins wide receiver, also suffered a broken finger, also questionable for week one. He has not been having a great camp from what we're hearing, so I imagine this is not going to help his case, even with the Dolphins pretty unsettled at that position. I think the injury report is going to say questionable in them parentheses, finger, comma, soul. Mm, did lose Oof. his soul earlier in the week, so that's <laughs> troubling even more than the finger. In uh, other news, surprising news around the Steelers, uh, ben Roethlisberger took a hit in practice and was evaluated by team doctors as part of the concussion protocol. Roethlisberger went down during a seven-shot segment of practice, according to multiple reporters on the scene. Marcus Gilbert told reporters after the practice that Big Ben went down 
after he rolled out and ran into him as Gilbert was blocking linebacker Keon Adams. Uh, when I saw the tweet, the first thing I thought is somebody's getting fired. Probably not, but you, you never, ever, ever concuss the star quarterback in practice. It's almost unheard of. Yeah, it's interesting because this was an issue in Brown's camp last week. Not the concussion part, but Todd Haley, who used to be the Steelers coordinator, was basically telling Greg Williams, stop hitting our quarterback. <laughs> and Greg Williams, who you know has a history of hitting quarterbacks, said, hey, block him. Well, according to Jalen Ramsey, Big Ben's decent at best, so maybe yeah. they want to look at Mason Nothing. Rudolph. Oh, he does <laughs> sling it around. <laughs> Mason Rudolph looked pretty good in the pre. Ben, That's how- that, that honest Jalen Ramsey hot take there. Ben, how you feeling? <laughs> okay, he sounds okay. He's fine. All right, let's move on. Uh, the New York Jets uh, have Terrell Pryor in camp. Uh, Pryor trying to get off the mat after a rough season in Washington. Uh, he, he revealed on Monday to reporters that he underwent a pair of off-season surgeries uh, one was to the foot. One was the ankle. I tore three li- ligaments in my ankle, not my f- my foot. And then I broke my ankle in May. Uh, this did not sit well with Todd Bowles, who does not know why his new wide receiver chose to give details on the specifics of his injury. Here's what Bowles had to say. Terrell doesn't need to be descriptive, and I feel he should keep his mouth shut and leave the injuries to me. Uh, Bowles is not a man of, I want to say few words, but he very rarely gives you a soundbite. So you could probably read into that as the Jets and the head coach were not happy that the new guy is uh, speaking out of turn. It's Terrell's body. Yeah, how dare he be honest about a broken ankle? You know how this league is. I know, but broken ankle, it does seem like a next level of like, what is the big deal if people know that that was what he's coming back from? He was just being honest. It did... I think have implications though in my mind, which is is you know I started wondering is Terrell Pryor going to make this team because I I don't think he was a hundred percent locked to make it going into the off season. He's been hurt and it sounds like maybe they're a little annoyed with him. Maybe on maybe more than just this. I don't know. Well, why else would you call out a player and embarrass him publicly? And and maybe he doesn't make the team. This immediately brought me back to a couple of years ago when Dan was trying to figure out what is it about Terrell Pryor that everyone seems to hate him, his teammates, his opponents, his coaches. What is it? Yeah, in this practice, this joint practice the Jets had with the Redskins this week, um, all the Redskins defenders seem to have a ball messing with Pryor on the field. DJ Swearinger actually uh, was seen in a video approaching Pryor and then taking like a fake swing uh, at him, and that led Pryor to flinch and kind of pull back. Uh, which led to a celebration by the Redskins and Pryor getting flamed in the blogosphere and on Twitter. But it's like one hot take on that. Like everybody calm down. All these like keyboard warriors are like, how Ooh, he flinched. Oh, he's no longer a man. Put a dress on that guy. It's like, bro, let's see you react. That's a natural human reflex when someone is about to wind up and hit you. Pryor's got a lot of problems right now, but his reaction to uh, some teammate trying to punk it. Total, totally understandable it. defense mechanism. You texted that to us, and I totally agree that it's one of those things that's in, in highly, highly toxically annoying about Twitter is suddenly everyone is this alpha male rolling around on the internet <laughs> telling you how to respond to a professional football player taking a swing at you. One thing we do not need in life is a deep dive analysis of a flinch. Thank you. That's what we get in the world now. And here is Terrell Pryor's one and only comment to the D.C. media after the joint practices. I'm ready to get the F out of here. 
So it doesn't seem like a fun a <laughs> Didn't fun have a situation. good year in Washington. No, it was yeah. a rough year. But that's where those comments came from because they were in Washington and they were he was being asked about this by Redskins reporters that wanted to know what his deal was. Well, and Swearinger you know, is very much an an alpha guy, it sounds like. And an agitator. In, in, in any locker room he's in, and clearly he was enjoying the moment. I think I might have an idea what's up with Terrell Pryor, why no one seems to like him. It, can you share it on this program? Yes. Okay. Terrell's Terrell. Oh, he's like Kai. Guys, hmm. Kai. It's, it's almost like an undefinable thing that just people are just like, uh, repel people. Je ne sais Back in the day when he was a, a Raiders quarterback, he was, uh, I just remember metrics gold. It was like anytime you wrote about Terrell Pryor, he was one of the most popular players. It was just like Albert league. Breer refreshing the story over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> little Bert Breer bit. Ohio State. I uh, that's what's happening in the news. Okay, before we begin our fantasy extravaganza, uh, it is time for the uh, preseason spotlight presented by New Era. And I thought, spotlight, that's good. Ice Cube was in the studio on Monday uh, after the interview, which went quite well. And it was great talking to Cube. Um, we got a photo. So I thought this would be a good time. Uh, if you're watching on video, uh, you can uh, watch along. Obviously, if you're just listening to the audio, hit pause, pull up the photo, which you could find uh, on Instagram or Twitter. And now I'm going to go through the photo and get my laser pointer out. Oh, jeez. Right. Oh, no. Here it is. Okay. Let's go one by one. Okay. We'll start with Greg. This is the Greg face. This is a very popular Greg face. It's you. It's kind of a half grin, half smile. It's a smug. Yeah, it's a little bit smug, but it's kind of like your thing. And that's I don't think it's a bad look. It's just I don't like a natural smiling. That's just my normal look. Unfortunately, do you ever show teeth? I don't think you really yeah, do. That's not plenty, but that's more typical. Yeah. All right. Now let's move on to the old Zeuser. Like any photo where I feel like I don't look like I'm 400 pounds, I'm in on this one. I'm looking a little husky, but not too bad. I think it's a nice photo. of you. Now notice how, though, the arm uh, positioning, though, how uh, both me and Wes have our arms around each other, but we're not touching Ice Cube. Uh, move the sticks actually reached out uh, to me on this. It's a little it's commented that it was a little uncomfortable looking. Yes, he actually called me. I was putting my kids to bed. Move the sticks. Thought this was so hilarious that you guys were so afraid to touch Ice Cube <laughs> that you have your hands around each other behind him. And it is pretty funny. I don't know. I'll, if I'll that's say one true, thing: but... Dan is not does not appear um, afraid to touch Greg. You have that uh, right hand Greg. of yours uh, draped generously over Greg's he likes uh, to shoulder because he knows it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> He's right. Uh, now let's move on to Wes. Nice smile. People have commented Wes really filling out physically. Looking like the old Wes, uh, maybe even a better version of the old Wes. A lot Wes. of compliments for Wes um, on, online. The shirt, it's one of those Wes shirts where you want to revisit it 10 years from now. You want to see if it's still going to be a hot shirt 10 years from now or uh, a, a regrettable it's one. It's cacti in there. I'll it's say something else. In there. Wes, who was very against the lanyard concept here at uh, work, <laughs> is, is really going company man with the company ID drifting out of his pocket there. No one else with that look. That's where it is 24-7 when I'm at work. That's a little bit of a humble brag when you go to the Acai uh, shop. Is that how you pronounce it? Acai? Look, the only reason it's there is so I don't forget it and then have to ask our... Uh, extremely officious security guard uh, yes. to let me through. <laughs> and then finally, we have Mark, an interesting pose here for Mark, who has his left hand pressed up against his stomach. Um, I was just curious your thoughts on this, Mark, how this came to be, this position. I mean, my only takeaway is that I look intensely attractive in this photo. 
Sort of a Napoleon look with the hand there. I don't know. I got a lot of questions, and I, I would have responded to even one of them if I had any idea what I was doing with my hand there. I don't know what happened. The photo just took place at that moment. Um, I can't. I cannot fill you in. There you go. But it's overall, look. a nice photo with the most famous person we've ever had in the studio, and that is your preseason spotlight presented by New Era. All right. Do you think he even remembers doing that interview at this point? I mean, it's so gotta, far from his. No, I saw know. that he was a part of at least 15 other interviews that day across the ESPN spectrum, Fox, yeah. whatever. So, you know, we're some guys. At but I think ours was first. fun. I think ours was fun. It was pretty fun. All right. Before One more thing before we get to uh, the extravaganza. You may or may not have heard, but Lowe's new home is the new home? Probably. Typo much of craftsmen, which means that at Lowe's you'll find an ever growing selection of mechanics, tools, tool storage and more in store and online ready to help tackle projects throughout your home. If one of those projects happens to be in a really tight space to get to. Wes, you're you know, still getting settled in your new home, so you might connect with some of this. Definitely. Then you definitely need to check out the 120 tooth ratchet. It has a three-degree arc swing, you guys. Don't know what that does? Nobody does. It sounds very – it sounds useful. We didn't either, but we do now. A three-degree arc swing means you can loosen or tighten bolts with less movement in those hard-to-reach spots. This might be – to get the toolbox going, Greg, this would be a good initial entry into it your would. toolbox. Not happening. You're going to want those 120 teeth on your ratchet. Why rent – Shop at the new home <laughs> of Craftsman today at Lowe's.com slash around. That's Lowe's.com slash around. Oh, man, the offseason. It's been so long, but it's coming to an end, and FanDuel has spent it getting into the best shape of their lives. Their bods are hot. That means that FanDuel is ready for more more ways to play, more ways to challenge your friends, and most importantly, more ways to win. If you're not a fantasy expert like me, then FanDuel is clearly the best place to play. They have all kinds of contests just for casual fans. Uh, my favorite, beat the score. It's great because you pay out everyone who hits a certain score, so all you have to do is finish in the money to earn an equal share of the cash. FanDuel also has a new option for playing with your friends because the only thing better than winning cash is winning your friends' cash because you cannot trust your friends in any way to get even with them and take them down a peg is always positive. Best of all, FanDuel is doing their part to make the preseason bearable with preseason fantasy contests running all the way up to week one of the season. Right now, you can get a $20 bonus when you make your first deposit on FanDuel. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash around the NFL. That's FanDuel.com slash around the NFL. Agent state restrictions apply. Okay, without further ado, yes, we brought it back for a fourth year. It is the fourth annual Fantasy Extravaganza! Mark, this is what you wait all year for. This is why you lift all them weights. That's only slight hyperbole. Heading into the studio right now. Uh, listen, we're running out of fantasy ana analysts. Let's keep it real. Once upon a time, Marcus Grant was part of what was known as the fantasy stronghold. Strong no more. Um, <laughs> let's face it. Matt Harmon uh, left the company. Yahoo. Franchise left the company. Now it's just the fantasy hold. Gellar. Left the company, uh, left the industry. Uh, James Coe, out of the company. It's all over. But the one man that's still here, <laughs> Marcus Grant. And uh, listen, while we're bummed that that's how that all played out, it really is a bummer because you guys 
We're a great team and did great work together. It's good that you're still standing, <laughs> and welcome to the Around the NFL Thanks. podcast. You know, you, you, you referred to me before as you said you landed a big fish. I'm kind of the only fish, really. I mean, I guess technically that makes me the big fish. There weren't but, a lot of options. Right. You you're know? the proverbial big fish in a small pond. I'm the only fish in the pond, but I, pre- I appreciate cool. you being You can kind of do what you want now, though, right? It is. It's kind of nice. It's like my own little fiefdom that I can stomp around in, you know? So it's I mean, cool. just to be clear, I mean, it, it looks like everyone uh, left of their own free will or uh, various, you know, uh, corporate reasons. This isn't. This wasn't the result of some sort of um, deep-seated Machiavellian uh, sort of you know House, House of Cards move by you, where suddenly you're the Ooh, only like fantasy person left. I, I mean, like maybe I won the Game of Thrones, and nobody will ever know. Ooh, <laughs> that is brilliant. I never thought of it, but that is one way to look at it. Marcus actually was on our fantasy extravaganza last year as well. Mm-hmm. So two-time. Um, uh, contributor, and that's exciting. You know, yeah, likely to, be, likely to be back next year. <laughs> there's no other option. Interesting <laughs> that he said he'd only go on this time if Evan Silva was not back. So we're starting to see <laughs> some of that Game of Thrones. Most because Evan Silva, as great as he is, is a physically imposing man. Yeah, yeah, it's a large dude. So yeah. <laughs> a bit intimidating, even on a phone call when he's three thousand miles away. All right, so uh, yes, and we are doing a home and home. Uh, I will be joining Marcus Correct. on the fantasy. Uh, live podcast on Thursday. Looking forward to that. And I thought a good way to get into it. We're going to go through several different uh, discussions here uh, because we know uh, and I checked with Marcus on this just to make sure, although I kind of know this from decades of losing in fantasy leagues, (laughs) that most leagues draft or should draft uh, right after the week three preseason games, which puts you right at the last week of August. So what we thought is bring it up a little bit earlier than we did last year to get people prepped to know when they should be. And if you already drafted, you're a clown. Good luck. I mean, good luck, Peter Pan. People do it. And then, you know, inevitably somebody drafts like a Darius guys. Right. And then they're, they're struggling. Come on, bro. So uh, with Marcus here with the fantasy live podcast, still uh, fighting the good fight, despite all the defections, we thought a good way to start (laughs) this is to bring one of the popular fantasy life segments onto the around the Mm. NFL podcast, which of course is what Marcus Uh, B S O H L. It's a thing uh, that we like doing, especially in the off season, because you get these guys who show up in camp and they always say they're in the best shape of their lives. Right. And, this was originally a thing that was more in the baseball domain. You hear a lot of it in spring training. But football guys have lately started, you know, because the NFL can't do let anybody have its own thing. You know, we have to have we have to have something as well, too. So I've started kind of tracking the guys who come in and say that they are in the best Smart. shape of their lives and trying to figure out how much this actually means for them going forward into the season for their, their fantasy prospects. It's a trope. It's a famous trope. Yes. Uh, that we get every spring, but how does it tie into fantasy? So why don't we start, Marcus, while you throwing out some of these guys that say their bodies have never been more strong and their hot bods will lead to hot <laughs> fantasy deliveries on well, Sundays. The first one is David Johnson, who obviously missed the Ooh. bulk of last what season a with a wrist injury. And he said, uh, all I did was run and all I did was work out, right? So David Johnson, who two years ago had a phenomenal season, missed all, nearly all of last year. Now he says he's in even better mm. shape, which to me signals bad news for everybody else in the NFC West. Because he was someone I never looked at him and thought – that guy's, you know, not in good shape. Kind <laughs> right. of an amazing body before. So taking it to another level would be special. I think that um, also last year he went number one in a lot of leagues. In a right? lot of leagues, yes. And I feel like 
uh, because when you miss a year, even if it was a wrist injury, so it wasn't a lower body injury, which is very important, some people are going to kind of maybe sleep on him. Is he drifting in most drafts a little deeper into the first round this year? You know, early on in the spring, he kind of was. He was sort of in the back half of the first round. People I, were drafting in the spring? People are drafting. Look, there were drafts what? that opened. There were drafts that opened right after the Super Bowl. They are do you the, kidding? these the best ball the best drafts. Balls. I don't like the best balls. Yeah, so some of those opened right after the Super Bowl. People have been drafting since February. I mean, is that just places. so that uh, like you don't feel nervous when you're doing the real draft? What are we? Well, why are we doing this in the spring? Uh, because some people just are addicted. It can't get enough. Okay. It's why Marcus makes seven million dollars a year. Oh, okay. Wait, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have that um, talk after. Uh, so yeah, he he, you know, early in the spring was sort of in the back half of the first round. Now he's moved up, and he's probably a top three or four pick in a lot of that. That feels a like issue. a safe pick and a great pick. Uh, who else uh, is in the best shape of their life? Leonard Fournette. Uh, who last year played around you know, 234, 235 pounds. Now he says he's down to about 223, which is where he played his last year at LSU. So hopefully he, he thinks this will help him stay healthier, avoid some of those injuries he had last year. What's he, 22 years old? This one's believable. He's probably never <laughs> been in better shape. Right, it, and he was someone where his conditioning seemed like it was a problem. Like as games went on, as the season went along, I it's funny because Jalen Ramsey kind of talked up playoff Blake Bortles, and it did get me thinking. Like I was happy whenever they handed the ball off to Leonard Fournette in the AFC Championship game. He made a good point that they rate they were too predictable running with Leonard Fournette on first and second down in that game. It was partly because Leonard Fournette wasn't effective. No, he'd be right. better. He was right. playing on a high ankle, wasn't? Yeah, he? he's on, he's a little bit on my radar. Of you... Being a little overrated. How about? We'll see. How about you? Why do you come into the best shape of your life in your second year? Wouldn't as a rookie entering the league, wouldn't you be on fire about that? Yeah, but sometimes maybe he was. In this year, he's gone even a step further. Best shape. I also feel like sometimes you don't know what you don't know until you get to like week twelve or thirteen and you start to hit that wall. And it's their it's their life goal to get drafted, and the pre-draft process is like its own season. And I think there's a natural kind of let up, not realizing what it takes after. There's like Demarius Thomas. A story came out last week where he finally has decided to maximize his diet to improve his body. <laughs> I, mean, guys, I think you absolutely – you're not getting a full off season when you're drafted in April, too. I mean, right. it probably does make sense in year two. You get your act together a little bit. Who else? Uh, let's see. Mike Williams of the Chargers. Now, he said you know, last year, obviously, he was, he was injured. He said, my back limited me from doing a lot of things. Now my back is right. I'm healthy, and I'm feeling great. It feels like the destiny of every Mike Williams to be a little overweight at some time. That's a big man. At Char- when I went to Chargers practice, just like you, it, he is basically a tight end, and it does make you think he can take a lot of what Hunter Henry was going to do in that offense. Yeah, I think that's the anticipation now that a lot more three wide receiver sets. And I think Mike Williams is poised for a nice year. I think he could be a sleeper uh, in, in a lot of mid to late round drafts, I think. So I'll see there's a little tip there from Marcus Grant. Uh, and finally, best shape of his life. Chris Carson. Now, this one didn't come from him specifically. This one came from Pete Carroll, which background, it was weird. So he, Pete Carroll went on and, and praised C.J. Prosize for being in great shape. He praised Chris Carson for being in great shape. He said J.D. McKissick Ooh. was ridiculously fit. Then he got to Rashad Penny and he said, uh, we're just learning about him right now. So like, everybody else seems to be in great shape. And Chris Carson has actually played pretty well in, in the uh, in, in, in training camp, I should say, and uh, the preseason. And as we know, we just talked about it in the news, Penny now on the shelf with a broken finger. Everything's set up well for Carson to make his move in Pete, Seattle. Pete Carroll has a little John Gruden in him where he's yes. he'll blow sunshine up your you-know-what, and mm-hmm. then two weeks later you're benched and forgotten about no, it. No, you're what? Yeah, Wes, I'm what? not clear. Where, are the, where is the sunshine going? <laughs> you took us. 
There you go. Mm. Isn't that a weird expression, by the way? Took us? No. Well, oh, blowing sunshine. But just in general, is that something that's a good thing? Hey, whatever flips up your skirt, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I believe sun would do that potentially. Um, all right. So there you go. B-S-O-H-L. Hey, one, more, one other thing before I don't want to forget this. Um, Marcus Grant going viral on the Internet. Um, <laughs> a play off Jarvis Landry's fiery hard knocks premiere speech. Uh, and uh, Marcus... Uh, responded to that by tweaking it using elements of that speech and, and a, a fiery diatribe against people that auto draft. Let's listen to a little bit of that. Oh, wow. I don't know what the f <laughs> has gone on in this league before. Ah. If your cell phone has at least one bar, if you're near a coffee shop with free Wi Fi, you shouldn't be auto drafting. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Check out that whole video on Marcus's Twitter. Uh, what's your Twitter, Kelly? Hmm. Uh, Marcus G. This makes me think, actually, the fantasy stronghold was holding Marcus down, and he did take them all out because it's his time. It does, it does oh, start I'm, I'm to piece together uh, you know, pretty pretty securely. It's like, what, what's a Kevin Spacey movie where he's revealed at the, the end? Usual suspect. Usual yeah, suspect. You're Spacey. I am, I am the Kaiser Soze. <laughs> yeah, you're Kaiser Soze <laughs> of the Fantasy Live group. All right, let's uh, move on to our next discussion topic. All right. This segment's called Wake Up! Here are some sleepers. <laughs> sleepers. Okay. Uh, the, obviously, under-the-radar fantasy guys. Guys that maybe not totally – we're not looking for, like, Tariq Cohen from last year necessarily, but you can get real deep if you want. But just guys that maybe aren't getting a lot of buzz right now that are hot. Greg, why don't you get us going? Mm. Hot gonna, to you. I'm going to start with – Chris Godwin and Marquise Goodwin, because I just like to have Come themes. on! And they, they <laughs> oh, sound angry. similar. The scientists! Well, you well, stole my Marquise, Marquise Goodwin! Well, we're just combining But you guys can bit. discuss it now together, and you're both right. Different different parts of the draft. <laughs> Godwin of the Bucks, who I just think is so talented, he'll find a way to get numbers. Good end of your draft guy. And Marquise Goodwin is one of those number one type of receivers that you can get. In the, it looks like in the middle rounds, mm -hmm. where he's a guy not a lot of people think of, and it wouldn't surprise me if he gets 1,200. 1,300 yards. Love that year. fire, Wes. Marquise Goodwin was number one on my list. He's going about wide receiver 30 in the late eighth or early ninth rounds. This guy was sixth in the NFL in receptions and yards over the final five weeks of the season. He was a top 10 fantasy receiver with Jimmy Garoppolo under center. And in Shanny, we trust. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan's yeah. his guy. And I saw like tangible improvement from him. He was an injury-prone deep threat. And he might still be injury prone, but he started moving the chains. Garoppo was looking for him on third downs. He was a possession receiver. In addition to the big playability, he's becoming a well-rounded receiver. Throw someone else out, Wes. Jeremy Hill. Ooh. Mm, you have to pay the Evan Silva tax to get Rex Burkhead now <laughs> because everybody knows he's pretty good. People are reaching way too high for Rex Burkhead in a backfield where it's inconsistent from week to week most years in New England. But I have a rule that if the Patriots – Steal a running back from the Bengals, saddle him up, and take a chance <laughs> on him. The, is this the Corey it's Dillon Corey rule? Dillon rule. <laughs> it was the Burkhead rule last Burkhead year. Burkhead rule last year. But if the Patriots <laughs> see something in your former former Bengals running back, take a flyer on him. Interesting. I, think I that, could see him scoring 15 touchdowns. I also think that has hmm. more merit now, too, with Sony Michelle not being 100% healthy, too. So that means more opportunity. We saw a lot of Jeremy Hill last week hmm. in the preseason game. Uh, what do you got, Marcus? Uh, I'm looking at C.J. Anderson, and I know everybody's That's big nice. on Christian McCaffrey, like but C.J. Anderson, who had his career year last year, steps in, 
in the Jonathan Stewart role, but is a younger, healthier, better version of Jonathan Stewart right now. And so for all the work that McCaffrey is going to get, it's still going to be C.J. Anderson between the tackles and short yardage. And he's going to be the important guy down near the goal line. I mean, yards are great. Touches are great. Touchdowns are gold in fantasy. And I think C.J. Anderson is going to get a chance to get a lot of them. I think Christian McCaffrey has, has, has something to prove, whether he's a complete running back. I thought a lot of things he did last year were a lot of fun, and he was uh, uh, definitely piled up points mm-hmm. as a, a fantasy entity, but maybe if he doesn't show that he could be a between-the-tackles guy, CJ's going to have a, a nice role there. Uh, it's time now to take a trip over for the first time. Mm. To And this is, you know, everybody, lock your doors. Haven't heard from Mark <laughs> in a little bit. Haven't heard from him a little bit. He's, he's over on the fantasy corner. There he is. All right, let's get down to brass tacks, my bitch. (laughs) On my players to avoid list. So edgy. Do not be fooled by the off-season hype train circling the Los Angeles Rams. I have, three times now, reviewed tape from LA's 33-7 preseason thumping at the hands of the Ravens and unequivocally urged fantasy enthusiasts and parlor game jabronis to stay away from all Rams players in 2018. On my individuals to nab list, Number one, I see undrafted runner Sherman Beatty as a major handcuff to Marcus Grant's David Johnson in Arizona. Forward-thinking fantasy heads would be wise to dial up Beatty or Brady, I believe. I've spelled it both ways. I round three and stay clear of Johnson altogether. Number two, Marcus Grant with us today informed me he once witnessed a fellow fantasy enthusiast draft a kicker in the seventh round. True? True. Oh, my God. That's smart thinking. That is smart thinking. (laughs) I'd zone in on booter Tom Obarski out of Concordia St. Paul. Yes, a free agent with no known tryouts on the slate. (laughs) But wise participants will stash him away for their playoff run. And three. An update one year later on free agent ticket sales rep Rhonda Fontaine. Last we checked, Rhonda was searching for work after being let go by the Packers in dealing with a hyper-messy breakup from her on-again, off-again boyfriend, William Franks. Fontaine relocated to Chicago to live with her sister, Patsy Bummels, and seek ticket sales work with the Bears. Here's the skinny. Rhonda Fontaine never found another job and was kicked out of the Bummels' household for drinking too much and getting mouthy with Patsy's husband, Gordon Bummels. Gordon Bummels revealed the following to me. Yep, Gordon Bummels revealed to me the following in a text message sent over the weekend. In quotes, Rhonda is a family member. We did what we could for her, but she struts around town with a sailor's mouth, and I couldn't put up with the language anymore. Her salty vocabulary was only heightened when she'd hit the red wine. After asking Rhonda to please lay off the alcohol inside the house, we found out she was stashing no less than 37 bottles of Carlo Rossi brand Merlot behind a stack of 1982 encyclopedias. When I confronted Rhonda, she proceeded to vanish for 12 to 14 hours at a time, and we found out later she was camping out at Bonnie Q's Tavern and Grill on 38th Street. She was kicked out of that establishment three-plus times for repeatedly getting in fights with another female imbiber named Ginger Lotz. We love Rhonda, but she brought the household to its knees before relocating back to the Green Bay area in an attempt to win back William Franks. He phoned our house last week and left a message asking, why on earth did you people greenlight this floozy minstress moving back to my town, WTF? My advice to you, Rhonda Fontaine is a deep stash prospect that will be gone by the end of round 10 if you fall asleep at the wheel. Stay safe, Mark. And that's it. We're out of time. Right. Uh, we will be back on <laughs> another edition. Uh, well, there you go. 
Lots. Is is the mm. fantasy corner in Fallujah? Where, that was where that was a, that was a dangerous trip to the fantasy corner. Is that it? Is that it for the sleepers? Uh, no, I, I I'll okay. throw out a couple more. I like this is not a sleeper, um, at all. So I want I was hesitant to even bring it up, but now that I think of it, just to like stick it to uh the the, the scientists a little bit. Eli Manning, sleeper. Wow, is this sleeper. this is this is sticking it to the scientists here? I mean, I know. Please, please. I know if, if I was in your league, please stick it to me by drafting Eli Manning. <laughs> Clean up all. <laughs> Has he even been I mean, on fantasy rosters lately? That's why he's a sleeper. I mean, Jalen Ramsey would not draft wait, Eli Manning. It is going to break the hearts of Wes and Greg, who's still grieving over those two Super Bowls, when Eli is a Pro Bowl-level talent. And not a replacement pick, either. Legitimate hmm. 4,400 yards, 30 touchdowns. He can finally pass on uh, Andy Dalton on the all-time Pro Bowl appearances. List, so that would be <laughs> and that is a sleeper. You beef up in your other positions, hmm. and then go get your quarterback. And make it Elijah. Well done, Dan. Make it Elijah. I'm, I'm going to see where he is getting drafted. And then, Wes, you go see Eli and Canton in seven years. I'm, no. <laughs> I can guarantee you that won't happen. <laughs> I, I'm amazed at some of the quarterbacks, like where they're going. Two quarterbacks going after Eli Manning, after the 13th round. Dak Prescott. I, I don't know if he's a sleeper, but he should be a sleeper because he's great at football and he runs the ball. A lot of it is great just that, at football. A lot of it's just that yes. nobody knows who he's throwing. Oh, I guess but you don't you know? worry about that. You pick the talented <laughs> player, someone who's been great for has been good at fantasy for two years. Certainly I mean, great two years ago. And then Jameis Winston's getting taken even later, who had a terrific season when it came for fantasy. Who was to a carry that guy on your roster for a month? We're going to get to that in in a second and. Just and one more note with the Eli thing, he's going very deep in drafts, uh, according to the uh, fantasy football calculator. He's going uh, the twenty-second quarterback coming off the board. Lamar Jackson is going ahead of Eli, and that to me is people getting too excited. Would, that's hopeful. I would definitely take Lamar Jackson over. The purpose of fantasy is to give yourself a weekly advantage if things mm. go right. Eli Manning's going to be average no matter what fantasy wise. You shall see. Take my Lamar friend. Jackson. There was a chance to be dynamic and you a shall weekly see. advantage. You shall see. <laughs> Come on, Eli. Bring it. Uh, it's so obvious that we wound up in an Eli Manning debate during the show. Uh, next uh, topic, not on my team. And I think, Wes, uh, you just said one of the guys probably you don't want on your team, which is Elijah Manning. Well, he's ceased to be relevant in fantasy circles for a few years. <laughs> Two-time Super Bowl MVP and future All-Pro. Uh, but not on my team. Are, these are guys uh, who are going to be picked by uh, teams in every league uh, and maybe high. Uh, maybe high picks, maybe first, second, third round. But you don't want them anywhere near your team. Marcus, get us going. Uh, LaShawn McCoy is number one on my list right now. Just look, Obviously, there's the off-field stuff, and we don't know how that's going to play out. But more importantly, this, this Bills offense is just going to be bad this year. I mean, their quarterback situation is unsettled. Right now, You know, Kelvin Benjamin is less than 100%, so it means Corey Coleman looks like their number one wide receiver. They're counting on you know, Jeremy Curley and Zay Jones. I don't see any situation where defenses don't just put 12 guys in the box, basically, and say, you know, throw the ball on us. See what's going to happen. So there's everything about it that just seems to scare me. Throw in the fact that this is, you know, age 30 now for LaShawn McCoy, which has always been that dreaded death knell for running backs. Everything here just adds up to this being a fall-off year mm. for him. you got to be unemotional, though. And everyone is already building that into his draft because he's not getting taken in the top 30 picks. 
even though he's probably the most consistent running back in the NFL over the last five years. I don't need to hang out with LaShawn McCoy. I'd rather have him <laughs> on my fantasy team than Jarek McKinnon or McCaffrey or Devontae Freeman or Jordan Howard or a million guys taken ahead of him. Derek he actually, Henry going in drafts he ahead seemed, of LaShawn he seems McCoy like a right good. Now. He actually seems like a good value. You absolutely do not have to be unemotional in fantasy football. This is a hobby meant to be enjoyed. Right. <laughs> so be emotional. Right. Draft you your guy. But I, my only point is to try to win. And if people are being emotional – that they don't want to take McCoy because he's a creep. I'll take him in the this third is round. I felt, I, felt like I, was, I felt like I was pretty logical there. Yeah, no, that was, that was, it was logical. Was I don't think the Bills are going to sure. be quite as bad as people think. It's not like they're going to be worse off, I don't think, a ton offensively than they were a year ago, which was pretty bad. It's much, more fun. it's much more fun to let a robot like Greg draft these guys and then still beat him, putting yourself at a disadvantage and still win your league. I'll ask Dan this real quick. Yes. You're sort of an overt Jets fan, obviously. Yes. Like You're a fantasy guy. Do you go draft... Patriots, and then have to root for them in real life. I do, yeah. I don't. I don't. Se- I separate myself from that, uh, just because. Especially you're talking about a team that generates a lot of points every season. So yeah, I don't have an issue with. Well, that. maybe you're the robot then. Maybe I don't know. Mm. Maybe it's, it is always <laughs> tricky those two times a year when they play uh, the Patriots. But otherwise, it's you know whatever. You just gotta zig west when people are zagging. That's not robot. Well, when you're <laughs> zigging, I'm zagging. And who are you zagging away from, Chris Wesley? I'm calling this my monkey wrench theory for running backs this year. Don't touch them in the third and fourth rounds. You'll just throw a monkey wrench into your draft. The the old idiom, you know, from the 19th century, Dan, I'm sure you remember this from the Cold Town well, days. Obviously. When you have a machine and a guy goes in there to fix it, leaves his monkey wrench in there, jams up the whole machine. <laughs> I've, I've lost so many family members. That's what will happen in the third and fourth round if you're drafting one of these high-risk running backs and you've got stud receivers. Take it back to 2003 when you took – Running backs in the first two rounds every year, that's what you should do this year. Take a first-round running back, then take a guy like a Joe Mixon in the second round. Stay away from running backs in the third and fourth. Load up on wide receivers. Some names I don't like there, Alex Collins, Jay Ajayi, Lamar Miller, Royce Freeman. I mean, how many years in a row are we going to draft Broncos rookie running backs and expect (laughs) them to be good? Don't do any of this. Rashad Penny, Ronald Jones, Rex Burkhead, all these guys in that third, fourth, fifth round, stay away from them. Kenyon Drake, the one exception. I would take mm, a wow. I would take a chance on him. You hear that, Dolphins fans? Pipe down. <laughs> As usual. Uh Marcus. Uh Derrick Henry's another one on my list that, that him I'm too. worried about. Because, you know, I, I was on the free Derrick Henry train a year or so ago, and I thought that after DeMarcus uh, DeMarco Murray left, that you know, this was going to be his big opportunity, and then lo and behold, Deion Lewis shows up in Tennessee and it all fell apart. So at this point, I am off the free Derrick Henry mm. train now. And I don't want Matt Ryan anywhere near my team. You've been through that, but that's more. I believe I. It comes from a personal. So this place. feels like you know, like a place of hurt for me. Yeah, he he definitely hurt my feelings last year. <laughs> he's, not, he's not costing much. This is where you want to kind of buy low in well, theory. Well, depends. I, for instance, my league is a two quarterback league, which mm, is unconventional. Um, it is a different setup. So um, I had to get Matt Ryan early last year, and thinking he would be close to that. Now, if, do I think that Jalen Ramsey is right about Matt Ryan? No, absolutely not. But am I going to take him among the top quarterbacks this season? I'm probably going to be the wait-and-see guy and let somebody else see if he ever recaptures the Kyle Shanahan uh, greatness of 2016. Well, you have Eli Manning, so no worries. Well, he's, <laughs> he's a deep sleeper. He's a sleeper. I'll get him later. But I want to get one guy early in my draft, two-quarterback draft, and then grab Eli late. I would not make one of those early QBs Deshaun Watson. 
He he's on my do not want list because quarterbacks mm. are so easy to find according to the average draft position. And Deshaun Watson is the, your number two quarterback in he's fantasy been. right now, coming off a torn ACL. He's played what five starts in his entire career. It's just like this. I'm sure he's going to have a great career and he might have a great year, but this just isn't the year where the value makes. He's sense. being he's being supremely overdrafted. I mean, right. people are talking about him as the number two fantasy quarterback behind Aaron Rodgers and. What he did last year was amazing, but he also played so far above his head statistically that it's just impossible to think he can continue that sort of success this year. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you guys. And statistically, specifically, there's no way he's going to have the same luck on deep ball efficiency and interception luck, which he, he threw a lot of interceptable passes that mm-hmm. were dropped last year. And he's a running quarterback coming off an ACL injury. I'm like you. I'm not saying he's not going to have a great career. If you really like this guy, go get him. I just think it's, right. it's terrible value. F- right, right fantasy now people awful. get too into like trying to evaluate who's like really figure out who's good, who's not. It's like who who knows. Just look at it like stocks, <laughs> gambling, whatever. You buy high, you buy low, you sell high. Like he's getting the like itch. Watson, just talking about it. I'm just saying. You just like Watson is not going to be. It doesn't make any sense that he's high. Coming off of that, so so you stay away. I would he's say he's getting drafted ahead of Cam Newton by five yeah. rounds. Right, Cam yeah. Newton was another guy it's, on it's my list of like undrafted, like undervalued list. The other couple guys that I would stay away from the Gordons, Melvin and Josh. It's wild that people are still drafting Josh Gordon in 2018. I would draft him this high in the fifth round, not a, that high no. against no. some like really great wide receivers that you can basically just plug in and and totally expect them to do it. Like I would rather have Chris Hogan. Then I would have Josh Gordon. The the odds on Josh really? Gordon not playing this season are a lot higher than him what, having. What if he comes yards. back next week? Does that change? That your doesn't. I, it doesn't because I don't really I, trust it to happen. I what, gotta disagree what, with you there. Yeah, <laughs> Chris would, Hogan's a number three receiver. I don't even draft I, number. I three would rather receivers. have I like pick him off of the waiver. Cooper line. Cup. Kelvin Benjamin. I like Cooper Cup. Like any of those. Wideouts being taken after Josh Gordon right now. Alshon Jeffrey, Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry, Chris Hogan, Marvin Jones, Golden Tate, Sammy Watkins, uh, Jordy Nelson. A lot of options, Julian Edelman, uh, that are probably I'm, safer bets at well, this here, stage. Like, I'll always take a risk on off-field stuff, but he's getting drafted as if the last four years didn't happen. And I think Chris Hogan's getting drafted as if he's not Chris Hogan. It's fair, <laughs> it's fair to worry about him as a human. No one's speaking about what the heck is going on right now. And I, I think until he proves otherwise, like, yeah, I'll believe he's an NFL player when he does it. Chris Hogan is interesting, Wes, because before Tom Brady, according to Seth Wickersham's piece, laid out Chris Hogan and ruined his season, he was putting up numbers. He was producing on that offense. And now Edelman has the four-game suspension coming off the ACL. I wouldn't be stunned if he was a, a yeah, I think he'll just be sure. And as soon as Edelman comes uh, – my thing is I, I came Edelman up with this theory about 15 good. or 20 years ago, but I don't draft wide receiver threes. You pick him up off the waiver yeah. wire. Mm-hmm. You draft a bunch of wide receiver twos. To me, Hogan's a wide receiver and, three. And well, as is, soon as Edelman comes back, Edelman's the Edelman number one. Edelman is a guy who would stay so far away from everyone saying he doesn't look like himself in training camp. He's missing four games. I thought games. in the last few days that narrative had changed around. Either way, at his age and just with his skill set, like I'll let someone else take his post-ACL season. I will say Chris Hogan in the short term has some value, but again, he's a guy you can kind of wait on because after, you're right, after those four games are up, you know, everything changes in that right. offense. I, I also would stay away from those tight ends getting taken early that, like, aren't Gronk. Jimmy Graham and Greg Olson. Like, take Gronk in it's, the first round if you want. He seems undervalued. It's Gronk and Kelsey early. Right. And, and then after it. that, there's so many good players. Such like an injury like, risk like your boy, David Njoku, at the end. 
I don't need. I don't need a fifth. Delaney round Walker deal. still gets no respect right. whatsoever. George Kittle's an interesting guy. He is an interesting one. I would say that David and Joku, like you know, meditation yeah. and jugs machines, man. That's the way <laughs> of the future. Seems to be working. <laughs> I try. I've made the mistake before of getting sucked into hard knocks uh, hype bunnies. So in Joko, as I was watching that episode on t- on Tuesday night, I was like. Oh, yeah. 1,200 yards, <laughs> yeah, 17 too. touchdowns. But it's like, calm down. Everyone looks amazing on Hard Knocks. Let's say, send it back to the uh, fantasy corner. Uh, Mark, are you okay? Are you safe? These streets are increasingly fraught with ascension and chaos, Dan. I'm currently huddled under the doorway of new flavor Szechuan Moon Dragon Bistro. Let's talk some fantasy. Last year, this corner introduced the horizon-expanding concept of Max Flex Triggers, my method for unearthing low-priced, moderate-ceiling players who might possibly make a late-season impact if 20 to 30 other athletes on the roster were to be taken out by an assassin during the course of the season. Mm. This time around, I'm more concerned with the personal development of newsroom editor David Ely. (laughs) My romper-wearing, rosé-drinking supervisor who bides his time outside of work hosting an all-male book club entitled Men of a Certain Page. Let's talk about growing your brand, That's real. That is real. It's high time for you to get out of your comfort zone and actively network with area newsmen and newswomen. Expand your base, David Ely. Step one, how about be productive? Get online and organize an L.A.-based meetup for news professionals. Market yourself as the spearheading leader of this event. Kick off said meetup by unfurling the keynote address on a talk entitled, as follows, The Beat Goes On, colon, balancing the need for page views with a newsman's internal drive to push the envelope via stories of an investigative nature. Subtitle, colon, how the need for clicks should never yank a proper journo off the course of truth-telling think pieces that cast a light on societal wrongs and the ever-present ills of marketplace clown cars running ragged in today's global market milieu. David Ely, after delivering the keynote address, you will engage in valuable FaceTime with your other professionals in the field, learning from the experiences while also helping them to grow as reporters and editors by sharing your own gritty war stories from the edit desk. This will allow you to beef up your Rolodex while also meeting a fetching young female reporter named Regina Beth Taxley, a reporter for the Los Angeles Orange County Business and Accounting Insider. Your first date with Regina Beth Taxley will be a casual walk along the Pacific Ocean with your dog Cam and Regina Beth Taxley's cat, Minxette, which she keeps on a leash. You will gain perspective from Regina Beth Taxley's four years of experience covering big five accounting houses in Southern California. She will be way into your dangerously v-necked Cam Newton t-shirt, backwards baseball hat, and somewhat forced Silver Lake hipster vibe. The relationship will fast track from there. You and Regina Beth will go on a series of dates, which she will mostly pay for because modern society is tumbling towards total implosion. There will, I'm almost done. There will be a handful <laughs> of encounters that feature both of you awkwardly sitting on her couch watching your favorite show, Bachelor in Paradise, while mixing in floating episodes of Bachelor Winter Games and The Proposal, a hyper-unnecessary, mind-reducing offering from ABC. Regina Beth will live with a haunting sense that she could explore other options, but you'll loom as a comfortable presence that ultimately lures her in. She'll be into your claims that the Kennedy assassination has no historical relevance in 2018 and the fact you bought a bookshelf and filled it with books you openly tell us you'll never read simply to look chic at in-house dinner gatherings where you and your guy pals play shoots and ladders before rolling down summer hillsides in your skinny jeans, all because you put together this career-expanding journo meetup in downtown L.A. I'm out. <laughs> that was... Uh... 
Wait, how is that supposed to help me with my fantasy draft? <laughs> Pull from it what you must. That was a trenchant, trenchant critique of dating life in Los I Angeles. Mean, the highs, yeah. the lows. You'll uh, laugh, you'll cry. Yeah. A slump buster. A little, Dave, <laughs> a little bit of everything. <laughs> um, finally, before we go, uh, we, as we do every year, we impart some draft day advice. And uh, yes, um, this is where we speak from the heart and uh, we have... So many listeners who just want to enter their drafts uh, with some confidence. Uh, so this is what we're trying to do. Give you a leg up on the competition. Uh, Wes, why don't you get us going with some draft day wisdom? You will hear the inverse of this philosophy from Greg Rosenthal later. But unless you're playing in some high stakes <laughs> Las Vegas Greg's fantasy luck. league where your salary is on the line. There are Which no Greg is done. there are no experts in fantasy football. There is a lot of groupthink. Trust your gut. Draft the team you want. If you like a guy, if he plays for a team, if you've got a great feeling about a guy, if you want to watch him on Monday Night Football or whatever, <laughs> draft him. Don't listen to the expert because there's no such thing as an expert. Draft the guys you like. Don't draft the creeps. Don't draft the guys you don't want to root for. Don't draft the guys that will lessen your fun for your hobby. Right. hundred. I that that is a hundred percent. Like, just have a team you want to enjoy rooting right. for. It's a hobby. Right. 100% why why do we? Why are we saying so, Greg? You you would rather that, pick players that you don't. No, enjoy I'm, he's telling me the players I don't want. I want the players that <laughs> perform well. That's what I enjoy. So you I, can look past some of the unsavory aspects of certain talents. Right, because it's all fantasy. It's all nonsense. It's literally don't, all fantasy. Yes, yes, literally. Okay, but right. I agree. Fantasy Let, tends to have a good connotation. These are the people. Right. These are the scenarios. I'm with that you. you daydream about. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure each one of us has given that piece of advice in this in this forum at some point. Yeah, so it's I totally fine to repeat advice because it's the same. It's just as helpful just to be reminded of certain things. Uh, Marcus, you hand out some advice. I do. Uh, <laughs> you know, I would say, I mean, aside from what Wes said, which is my number one that I tell people, but in most leagues, there are what we call the onesies position. Quarterback, tight end, kicker, defense. Mm. Generally, in most leagues, you only start one of those players. So, you really only need to draft one of those players because you're going to, you know, if you have an injury, if you have a bye week, you can find somebody off the waiver wire. You can stream the position if you need to. So it doesn't make sense to carry two and three quarterbacks or a couple of tight ends just because on a week to week basis, you can only play one of them anyway. So, you know, use that roster spot, that roster space for other wide receivers and running backs where you will have to play multiples of them during the week. Like that. Um, Greg? I see you're making notes there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Greg. Please feel free to attack me personally. No, I, I literally <laughs> – I think that was – I'm totally – I completely agree with you that you should just do it to have fun. And that's kind of what my my uh, advice is, is that you don't have to play fantasy football. I'm just being real where I am in life. I don't even play fantasy football anymore, and it's kind of great. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying – I'm not making judgments. I loved fantasy football for, like, a long time. But I've gotten older, and you change sometimes, and you get different priorities. And just because everyone else is playing fantasy football, like, if it's starting to feel even, like, a little bit like a drag, don't do it. Free up your Sunday. Like, do you might come you back want. to it in a few years. Right, right. I have. Some years I've done it. Some years I haven't. Like, and it's fine when I do it. But I, I would say, like, if you're, if you're one of those who it's kind of starting to feel like homework, like – Give it up. You'll probably enjoy it. That's fair. I kind of do feel like <laughs> saying uh, you don't. Uh, I don't have a fantasy football team is the new I don't have a television. 
<laughs> well, that's only because a bunch of people around you got out and you're still in. I've never, I've never talked about it on the show. I haven't had a no, team in years. People that don't have a fantasy team love to tell you they don't have a fantasy but team. But also well, remember. The no inverse one... of that is also true. Everybody who has a fantasy team loves to tell you about who's on right. their fantasy team. Which, well, is, and well, which I, might remind you enough of that. As well. No one cares about your fantasy team. Right. That's the one thing. Everybody cares about their fantasy team, but no one cares about your fantasy no. team. Right. My, uh, my draft day advice is one's practical because I got burned last year. Uh, and I only do one league, uh, and the league I got burned in, Christian McCaffrey and Joe Mixon, I kind of got cute. I got sucked into things that were uh, in the summer mill about who was going to be great, and I, I took two guys, and I believe there was another one, uh, player in the mix there. And if you do not get in with a big-time running back, I feel like right now these top running backs are winning leagues more than ever with their ability to stack up points, PPR leagues. Um, so – don't get cute at running back. It ties into kind of what Wes was saying, too, with the monkey wrench. If you have a great running back at the top of the uh, – in the first round or the second round, grab him. You will regret it if you try to get somebody on the bargain in the third and fourth round, and then you'll be chasing that position all season. And then the other one, which is an annual reminder, don't be the guy that gets drunk at your fantasy draft. Get drunk after the fantasy <laughs> draft. If you're, if you're having a get-together, have a couple beers, get loose. You're supposed to be having fun. But once you get too drunk, you can make decisions that will haunt you for three or four months. And that's not worth that's good practical uh, advice. A, a glass of Tito's <laughs> or an extra uh, IPA. Just let the other guys get drunk, even if you want to do the old water trick. Or like, oh, I let's, like let's get hey, everyone else him. everybody, let's have some Maker's Mark before we get going. You pour yourself a little Diet Cola, and then you're These flying. guys are drafting Heinz Ward in round six. <laughs> <laughs> this is the type of stuff that Marcus did to eliminate all competition in this building. You have to be playing chess, not checkers. <laughs> all right, watch awesome. the ATN uh, live video show Thursdays, uh, streaming at noon Eastern, NFL.com slash ATN live. Uh, Marcus Grant, you are an excellent, excellent fantasy expert. I call you an expert. I appreciate that. Now, I'm just, a, I'm just a dude who I tell people not only is my job is playing fantasy football allowed, it's sort of encouraged. So mm. I just have more time to sit and stare at this stuff than the average person. So that's it. Uh, yeah, so follow Marcus Grant on Twitter and the Fantasy Live podcast, which, again, uh, I will be joining you. will be you joining on. me, yeah. Uh, Mark, do we have a, a final trip to the Fantasy Corner? I, I don't know. I feel like I've kind of burned you guys out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, how how long is this one? This one is one single page. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it's half as long. Wes, should we throw it to the fantasy corner? I, yes, because I like this topic. I mean, this is where I get the foundation for my player ranking, so yeah. please. Yeah. Yes. Okay. yes. One last time to the fantasy <laughs> okay. corner with Mark Sessa. This is why I quit fantasy football a brief essay. Uh, and I hopefully, hopefully briefer than the previous two. The last time I played fantasy football was 2013, but not as myself. My wife, Simone, was in a league with a flock of clients from her work. She was the only female in the league. I caught wind that these bro types would occasionally make fun of her to her face. Oh, Simone, you stink at this. That's exactly right. Largely because her 2012 you. team the previous year was a crash and burn unit, the result of being at home with a two-year-old and a newborn baby. Fair to say she wasn't concerned with mining the waiver wire for some two-bit flex option with deep league upside with two tots causing utter mayhem on the home front. The following season in 2013, these guys invited her back. The commissioner would put out this weekly newsletter, often taking jabs at Simone in print for mildly sucking at running her team. Thing is, I think she's pretty good at fantasy football when she did not, you know, have the job of nursing two small humans. In response, I secretly took over her franchise in 2013. 
I picked up Julius Thomas, a Chris Wesleyan favorite and a guy we suspected would fly with Peyton Manning at the helm in Denver. When I grabbed Thomas early, the draft chat room, chat room went nuts, killing, in quotes, Simone for taking a nobody. I was stunned at how they treated her. I decided to attack with a bow and arrow made of pure lava, filling her roster with a laundry list of breakout candidates. Long story short, Simone's team scored more points than any other squad in this 16-club league and ran away with the championship. Simone never said a word to anyone all season and quietly retired after taking home the championship trophy. I've never touched fantasy since. Seacrest out, bitch. <laughs> that was... That's fantastic. I love attack with a bow and arrow made of pure lava, but I really <laughs> yeah. love maybe the first humble brag essay I've heard. <laughs> Groundbreaking. It's a little humble braggy. Now stay safe, Mark. You got to get it wasn't indoors. the first because I think that was a trip to the fantasy corner a couple years ago. That story, but I'm was not it? Sure. <laughs> I think, uh, hey, you gotta I play mean, the hits. You know, when it comes to anything fantasy related, my general catalog of data is very small. So <laughs> I love the corner. Um, all right, we'll be back on Friday. The return of. Tiny Fox, the tiny box. Colleen Wolf uh, will rejoin us after a long uh, break from the show. We'll get into The history is very rich here. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're excited to have her back. Hey, one plug. Uh, our friend, the loose cannon, Emma VP, and I guess Connie Fox, but not really. Let's be honest. It's more Erica just being thirsty to have Connie involved. Uh, they do the <laughs> broadcast uh, of course, the video shows that we love, uh, the video shorts, but also now the broadcast podcast, which has been launched on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your pods. So uh, subscribe to that if you want to hear from the ladies. And who wouldn't? Stan Hansen signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the expert, the old boss, <laughs> and the Bitcoin princess behind the glass. Till Friday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.